The Church Media Podcast, episode 127, How to Inspire a Response from Stage Announcements with Adam McLaughlin. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. We're bringing you knowledge and insight from top media professionals from around the world. Useful, practical content in the areas of live production, design, leadership, digital communications, and more. The show notes for this episode and all archive episodes of the show are available online now at the Church Media Podcast. Podcast.com. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Carl, hanging out with you each and every week. Fresh episodes of the podcast every Monday for you, bringing the best minds in the church media space. We're helping you create memorable worship experiences and build solid volunteer teams at your church. This week on the show, I welcome back Adam McLaughlin. Adam's new book, Snorkel Fork, is all about inspiring a response from your stage announcements. We're going to completely dissect the book that he wrote today on the show. Adam will share why he wrote it, and we'll walk through all the major concepts that he discusses in the book. We'll tell you how you can pick up a copy of uh, this new ebook free later in the show. You're going to learn a ton from Adam this week. It's coming up right after this church media tip. And now, your church media tip of the week. Useful tips and tricks to help you transform the worship experiences at your church. Here's Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, Carl here with another church media tip. Let's tackle the number one question I get when I'm coaching media production teams, and that's this. How do I get people interested in serving on my team? How do I recruit new people? Well, start by changing the language in your culture to invite instead of recruit. It's the idea of shoulder tapping someone. People will feel included and wanted if you invite or tap them on the shoulder and bring them into your team. Here are two ideas for inviting new volunteers to your team. Now, these aren't new ideas. I'm not gonna blow your mind with these, but with the context of inviting, if you implement these ideas with that mentality, I believe you'll see some positive results. Number one, church membership or ownership class. Most churches have some type of membership class. This is a great way to share with new people in your church about the serving opportunities that they could be a part of. Your pitch should not be, we need people in production. You wanna cast vision as to what they would get to be a part of. Something like, who here has been impacted by our worship services, whether by giving your life to Christ or by growing in your faith? Well, in production, we create experiences where life change happens. If you want to join us, I'll be available to sign you up or answer any questions after tonight's class. So the trick is don't beg, but cast vision. Number two is small groups. Find out from your small groups pastor when certain small groups meet during the week. Contact the leader and ask if you can visit their small group for 15 minutes at their next meeting and let the group know of the opportunities available in production. I've also used this approach to use a few small groups for a season until I could build up 
a good number of volunteers to serve on a regular basis. There are a lot of people not volunteering simply because they're unaware of the opportunity. And small groups can be a good way to let them know about it. So invite, don't recruit, cast vision at your next church membership class, and use small groups as a way to ask people to serve for a season. I hope these ideas help you as you grow the media team at your church. Get more free coaching for your production team through our blog, podcast, and online resource library. Visit 1230.media slash training today. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast, Adam McLaughlin. Adam oversees all marketing and communications at Life Church in Fort Myers, Florida. He also uh, operates and has a blog at adammclaughlin.net, an online resource for church communicators. He's got a brand new book out called Snorkel Fork. Yes, you heard me right. Adam, welcome back to the podcast, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. Now, I only uh, invite people that I like back, so you're in good company. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, all right, man. So uh, since everybody kind of uh, knows about you, I'd love to kind of talk about your new book and, and church uh, stage announcements and what that looks like. So tell me about this new book of yours, and we'll jump into some questions. Yeah, so it's called Snorkel Fork, and the title is Confusing Your Church's Announcements Don't Have to Be. So we've got this opportunity every week, and it seems pretty consistent across most churches, most denominations, most styles, that at some point in time, we take some time during the service to say, hey, here's what's coming up. And uh, for a long time, I just saw this as a necessary evil. I know that before I worked in church communications, sitting in the seats, listening to announcements was not a necessary evil. It was just evil. And so uh, we've taken a completely different approach, and I'm really excited about the opportunity to talk that announcements aren't just about saying what we're going to do, but it's an opportunity to tell the people who are listening more about who we are. That's awesome, man. Now, your website uh, it has a blog uh, with it. You do a lot of resources for church Communicators, why would you dedicate an entire blog and this entire ebook straight to church stage announcements? Give me kind of your why yeah. behind that. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, like I said, it's kind of that universal thing that happens across all churches. And it really is an opportunity, if you use it in the right way, to push your church's culture forward and to talk to new people about what it's like to be part of your church and to talk to your existing people and remind them who you are, if it's done properly. So it's kind of this slot that everybody has to fill. And I think there's really great ways to fill it. And what we've seen is that we've really been able to increase the amount of response we've seen from our announcements just by making some of these changes at our church. And so I'm hoping this can help other churches move their culture forward just by making these few changes that we've talked about. So before we get into kind of some nitty gritty of the book, we do um, video announcements at 1230. Um, so right. we do kind of this, uh, this premium option with motion graphics and uh, B-roll from your church, custom footage, all this stuff. Um, so we work with some churches that that have video announcements and stage announcements. That's usually most of the case. 
Um, they do a, a, a full announcement video and then they do a couple of announcements from the stage. What would you suggest or what's the right balance that you're finding between video versus stage uh, announcements, that approach? Yeah, so for me, variety is the spice of life and I'm a jalapeno. So I need that variety in my world. And I also think that if you just choose one or the other, people get in the habit of tuning them out. Now, I know that what you offer is not so template-based that it's the same thing every time just with new details about the next potluck coming up. You know, I, I get that what you do is so customized that it changes every time, and I think that's important for the variety. But what we do is not necessarily that we would do video and stage in one service, but some services we would do video. Some services will do stage announcements, but no matter what kind of combination we come up with, we never announce more than five things in a service. And the reality is if I have to go to the grocery store, if I need to remember more than five things, we need a list. Uh, I need a list, I should say. So it doesn't matter if it's just, oh, one more thing on my way out the door. I say to my wife, nope, that's six. We need a list. (laughs) So why would we expect somebody who is going to, uh, you know, listen to your announcements, then listen to a message and then go to the buffet and then hit two lights on the way home to their afternoon nap. And by Monday morning, they have no idea what you announced. So we really find a way that we're, we're going to try and nail that down to five announcements. So I think you, I think you've just answered my next question uh, by that statement. Um, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So uh, church communicators, a lot of them get frustrated at the non-response, or you know, right. fr- with people not responding to announcements. And I think you bring up a good point there that some of it has to do with we're just fire hydrant. I mean, I just if I if you give me so much, I can't. I can't retain that information. Um, so exactly, is that the reason, or maybe give me some more? Uh, tips and tricks that you give to church communicators with that frustration of people aren't responding to our announcements? Yeah, so I think that there's a few things that we found to that have caused us to actually really inspire a response from our announcements. And the first thing is that we talk about the why, not the what. So an, previously, when we would focus on the what, our announcement could like could look like, hey, next Saturday night, the 50s and Better group is going to be having a potluck. If your last name starts from A to M, bring a dessert. If your last name starts from N to Z, then bring a salad. We'll provide the meat. Show up at Bob's house at 6 o'clock. Make sure you park across the street because he doesn't have enough parking in his driveway. Anyway, on and on and on. And people don't respond to that, and they don't retain that kind of information. So instead, what we'll say is the why. So at Life Church, we value building relationships. And so if you are 50 or better and you would love to build relationships, next Saturday night, we've got a potluck. You could stop by the information center to pick up all the information you need about that. So instead of just talking about the what that people are going to forget, and then you have to give the what to them later anyway, we talk about the why. Now, even if you're not in the 50 or better age group, or you're completely not interested in going to a potluck, you still learn that life church is about loving relationships. And so that's one thing that we do. We talk about the why. And then the second thing that I found really works is to give that really clear call to action. So it's not, you know, show up at Bob's house at six o'clock, bring your salad and park across the street. It's get all the information you need at our information center. Good. 
good. And that's kind of our common call to action across all of our announcements. That's excellent. And it also, too, like if I'm building an announcement video, um, I don't have to put all that, or if I'm doing a stage announcement, I don't have to give all those details listed out on screen or listed out inside the service, taking valuable time away from the worship experience. Um, I give the why, I give the call to action, and I'm out. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay, so tell me some ways, and uh, we've kind of answered one of these already with our uh, statement of, don't do any more than five announcements. But tell me how we can prepare. What other questions can we ask to determine what gets uh, announced during our service? Yeah, so the first question that we ask is, does it apply to 75% of people or more? And if the answer is no, it doesn't make it into our service. And the reason is if you have, let's say we have those, you know, we split up our announcements three, one, and one. Uh, into different sections in the service. So let's say you have your three announcements and the first two completely don't apply to you. You, well, at least for me, I'd already have pulled out my, my phone. I'm already on Facebook. I'm already scrolling through. Even if the third one applies to me, I'm not listening because uh, I'm no longer paying attention. And then I realize announcements are over and I put my phone away. So I've now tuned out because it didn't apply to me. And now I've missed the one that does apply to me. So mm. You know, for instance, the 50 and better apolic example is a poor example because that wouldn't have shown up in our services because it doesn't apply to 75% of people or more. But things like service changes, we have a conference coming up, we have a guest speaker, uh, we're adding a new service into our schedule, um, we're launching our new small group season, which anybody in our church can join a small group, or we're launching a focus on joining, finding a place to serve. All of those things easily apply to 75% or more of our people, and because it applies to them, we can present it in a way that keeps their attention, which helps them not tune out. And then the other thing that we'll talk about is if something is new. So if it doesn't apply to 75% of people or more, but it's something brand new, then it gives us an opportunity to talk about what we're doing as a church. So, you know, at Life Church, we value team ministry, and we've got an opportunity as a team to go and serve the food bank, and they need 35 volunteers on Saturday morning. If you'd like, you can stop by the information center and get all the details for that. So, 35 people doesn't apply to 75% of the people in our auditorium at one point in time, but it does give us an opportunity to say, Hey, this is new. This is what's coming up. And this is who we are as a church. It gives people the opportunity now to say, Hey, I'm new to life church. And now I'm starting to figure out what life church is about, or I've been at life church for forever. And this is a great reminder about who we are and what we're doing to impact our community. So, If we have more than five announcements, we chop them down. They have to apply to 75% or more of the people who are sitting in our auditorium. Or if it's something brand new, then it'll often find an announcement slot. So I want to drill into each of those specifically, but first I want to kind of back up and ask you about your communication calendar. So uh, how far out in advance do you know what you're going to announce? Well, there's some things we know really far in advance. And there's other things that that we don't know as far. So for instance, in January, we looked at our calendar and realized that Christmas Eve is on a Sunday morning or on a Sunday. So since January, we know what our game plan was going to be for Christmas Eve. So we knew that far out. Um, and then there's other things that come up and we might have 
you know, uh, three to four months notice on a conference or three to four months notice on a new initiative we're planning. But typically we're going to plan our announcements uh, uh, quarterly. So by the end of November, I will have uh, January, February, March next year planned out. By the end of February, I'll have April, May, June planned out. So we know what's coming up on a quarterly basis. Okay, so you're working three months out before you actually are going to announce it in the service. Tell tell me the benefits of that. The, the first one that comes to mind, me as a content producer, is you can get that to your content team, whoever that is, uh, and they can build yeah. slides for it, a video for it, whatever that is. And and But if you're working week of, like if you know on a Wednesday— <laughs> That's just ridiculous and and uh, unrealistic to get your content team involved at that point. So, kind of walk yeah, me so through I'm, some more benefits. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that you know if you give an inch, then they'll take a mile. Was invented by somebody who is in <laughs> church communications because if you say, okay, we're going to plan our announcements a month out then all of a sudden somebody's going to come to you with two weeks notice and say, Hey, can we sneak this in? And if you say, okay, we're going to plan our announcements a week out, then all of a sudden you're going to get an email on Wednesday. Hey, can we stick this in announcements on Sunday? And then if you say, listen, I'm just going to plan announcements on Friday. So get me your announcements by Friday. I'm going to put them ready for Sunday. Then on Sunday morning, I guarantee you're going to have somebody come up to you and say, Hey, can we sneak this in? So we have, uh, you know, that three month timeline where we're planning ahead, we know what we're going to announce and how and when. And like you said, it gives us the opportunity to create all that relevant content. It gives us that timeline, but it also stops announcements or requests from creeping in. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if we have that conversation enough times with our team leaders and they trickle it down, then the requests stop coming in the morning of, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because people realize, no, this has been planned for the last two and a half months. Um, we're going to have to find other ways. And oftentimes a great way to have that conversation is to tell people, okay, it's not going to go in announcements during a service, but here are three other ways we can promote that event. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So now let's get into the three thing, the kind of the three questions that you had mentioned. Um, and that is, uh, do we have less than, than five announcements, five or less? Um, right. And uh, then does it apply to 75% and then is it something new? So let's hit the first one first. Um, do, we talked about this a little bit. Do, do we have, we need to do five or less. So you, you kind of do this like three, one, one kind of yeah. thing in the service. Walk me through that. Yeah. So after our, our current service setup, which is always up for grabs, <laughs> but our current service strategy is that we have um, our worship music at the top. Then we have uh, our announcement, kind of that three announcement section. You know, this is typically what you think of for announcements. And so that's where we put three announcements. And oftentimes these are things that are coming up. Um, So, for instance, this week we're going to talk about something coming up four or five weeks from now in that slot. And then the the next slot is that whoever is speaking that day will often mention something that's the one. So for instance, our pastor will get up and say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, this is something new we're doing. We're really excited about it. And it's based on this core value at life church. And that's often the what's new slot. So he gets the opportunity to introduce something that's new, get people excited about it, get people on board. 
And then our last one is right at the close of service. And so we'll say, hey, just a reminder that today's the last day to sign up for our new member class coming up next week. Please stop by the information center. And that last one at the close of our service is typically a direct response, right? So within the next 60 seconds, I want you to stand up walk to the information center and sign up for that event. That's what we put at our close. So that's our three one one. And that's what makes up our five announcements. And oftentimes that one at close is actually a reminder of something that was said earlier in the service. So we announced something in the announcement slot and now we want somebody to take a direct response. It's like, don't forget this is coming up. Go to the information center as you leave the auditorium today. So who chooses that five? And how far, that, how far out do you choose? Yeah, so that five is part of our quarterly planning calendar okay. that we do in advance. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of flexibility in there when Pastor uh, feels specifically that he wants to really tackle something. Um, and so that's, you know, usually the morning of he'll say to me, okay, what do I need to announce? And I'll say it's this. Um, but ultimately, because I oversee marketing and communications, it's my call. Um, and so he'll say, okay, what am I announcing today? Is there anything big that I need to hit? He'll put it at the top of his notes. He'll talk about it when he gets up to speak. Um, but yeah, that is what I'm, my responsibility as overseeing marketing and communications is looking at the big picture and then drilling down to decide what are those five things uh, that we really need to talk about this week. Good. Do you have any other uh, tips or insight into uh, an announcement applying to at least 75% of, of your congregation? You talked about this a little bit, but flesh that out a little bit more. Do you, um, how do you guys determine that? Yeah, so the why is because if, if it doesn't apply to 75% or more, people will start to tune out. And, and so the what is really saying, okay, you know, when we talk about this, it is likely to affect that many people. I'm not sure that that's 75%. It's a really kind of a gray area, but it does buy us some flexibility at times, you know? So for instance, uh, we have a men's small group and the person who leads that said, I'd really like an announcement. And I said, well, you could make the argument that it applies to at least 50% of the people because all of the men could be invited to this breakfast. Uh, And you could make the argument that it also applies to the women who are married to the men because they need to know that their husband won't be uh, home during that day for that breakfast. And I said, yeah, but let's look at your track record for how many people have shown up to your breakfast. And it's been 25, which is about 5% of the number of people who are going to be sitting in our auditorium. Mm-hmm. So let's look at a different way to talk about this. So it's not so concrete, black and white, like we've found out a way. I wish we found out a way to determine 74% and 76% and draw the line down the middle. Um, but the reality is we're just generally having a conversation. How many people do you think this is going to apply to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another uh, uh, example could be that we're opening up a, uh, a trip or a conference or a training session, but there's only 12 seats at that training session. Okay. Well, as much as we may have 75% of our people who want to sign up, they still can't 
Right. Because there's only 12 seats, right? So there are some hard and fast rules, and other times it's a little more, a little bit of a gray area. But we are trying to think through what what is the, not just how many people does it apply to, but what is the potential of that many people actually participating? Um, okay, so the question, is this something new? I read in your book that you kind of weave in your core values when you ask yeah. this question and apply this uh, this thought. Flesh that out for me a little bit. Yeah, so we, we have started to recognize that who we are as a church is more important than what we do. And so we have four core values, and when we talk about something new or we introduce something new, then we want to talk about why we're doing this. So we're not just, you know, starting a conference about training session about people going out to uh, do street witnessing, but we believe our core value or our core value is the presence of God. And so we want to be able to take that value and live it out. So we'll say something like, because of our core value of the presence of God, we started a training session for people who want to learn the practical ways to go out on the street and show God's love to people. And so this is the details for that event stopped by the information center. So we're talking about the why. We're not just picking things out of the air because we need things to do, but we're driven by who we are. Our why is our core values. And so we will always talk about which of our core values this is resonating with or, or why we're choosing that based on our core values. And that's why I think for churches, just generally speaking, to be really clear on, on what, as an organization, what do we value and then communicate everything through that, whether it's a social media post or a story in your announcements or something you're creating in print. Why are we doing this as an organization? Why does this make sense for us? So let's move into presentation. What are some of the the strategies for presenting uh, announcements well? Yeah, so I think you have to um, really have people's attention. Um, Stage announcements or video announcements, either way is a form of public speaking. The benefit to video announcements is you can take three tries at it if you need to, right? You can always restart the camera and edit out the bloopers. With stage announcements, you, you're there and what happens happens and, and then you have to move on. So one thing that I like to do is, is find a way to get people's attention right up front because if we've really narrowed down you know, the 30 things happening in our church this week to five things we want to communicate, I don't want people to miss the first two because I haven't got their attention. So I'll get up there and I'll say something specifically about, you know, uh, to get people's attention. Like uh, last Sunday, I got up and I said, good morning, Life Church. Okay, hands up if you're a morning person. I said, I'm not a morning person, uh, but I'm glad you are. You know, I think if uh, God really wanted us to see the sunrise, he should have put it later in the day, right? And now people are chuckling a little bit and, you know, and then we go into the announcements. And so, you know, you want to be specific about that because we do our announcements right after worship. If people are still praying or worshiping or having an emotional experience, I'm not going to get up and crack a joke like that. But I have to do something to get people's attention. And so that's the first thing I would say is, uh, is, is find a way to get somebody's attention. Now, for each person that might not be cracking a joke, that could be telling an important story. That could be sharing a story of something that happened 
to someone in your church this week, um, you know, they prayed for this and they got this and wasn't that great. And, and I want to tell you about how you can also uh, learn how to pray and, and join our prayer small group. That's just an example. And I like to tell stories, and sometimes the stories tie in directly to the announcements, and sometimes the stories have nothing to do with the announcements, but I can find a segue to get me into that story. And so what we're focusing on is keeping people's attention, and then once we have their attention, really focusing on the why. Why are we choosing this event? Why are we doing this? Based on our core values, here's what we've decided that is going to serve our community best or serve our church or help us grow because this is what we value. So do you use kind of the same formula uh, every time you present, like an opener and then kind of lead with your core values and then a why, and then like walk me through that formula? Or do yeah, you use the so same one I every time? I do typically try and, you know, do that something that gets people's attention. Um, you know, it might be like, good morning, Life Church, would you like fries with that? And it's just enough for people to go, what are you talking about, Adam? And now I have their attention. And then the actual announcements, um, usually I will say, because of our core value of X, we've, we're doing this. Or if you'd like the opportunity for this, we have a core value of, and so we're going to be doing this. And so uh, that is kind of that, that formula. It's it's not subtle when we talk about our core values. It's right there front and center. And the great thing is that people know our core values now. Like they could tell you our four core values are the presence of God, loving relationships, team ministry, and multiplication. And it's not just because they've heard pastor get up at the beginning of every message and say, hey, here are our core values. It's because it's just part of everything we talk about. And so it's an opportunity for me to tell what we're going to do to fill that announcement slot and also to drive those core values forward. So, you know, if you've been looking for an opportunity to build relationships, relationships are one of our core values here at Life Church. And a great way to do that is to join one of our small groups. Now, whether you want to meet once a month or once every other week or every single week, we have different small groups that can cater to your schedule and give you the opportunity to build friendships and relationships here at Life Church. Stop by the information center on your way out today. So we'll talk about what is our core value, and then we'll talk about a little bit of the what we don't go into many details and then we give our call to action and that's kind of our formula for each of our announcements and then at the end of our announcement package i'll always say for more information about these and other events coming up at life church stop by the information center in the foyer or visit us online at lifechurch.net and it's the only time i give two call to actions so really what i what i prefer them to do is go to the information center because if i can get them to respond today while they're still on our campus, that's the best opportunity for them to respond. But after they leave, I want them to know there is another way to respond if they decide they want to participate on that event, you know, during the week. So they can visit our website, lifechurch.net. I was going to ask you a little bit more about your call to action. You mentioned this a little bit, but um, how do we make our calls to action extremely clear? I think sometimes that they can be confusing or hang on, what was I, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed right. to, what? Uh, so give me any tips that you have on making that extremely clear what people are supposed to do. Yeah. So I think a good example is to talk about what's extremely unclear 
pick yeah. that apart, why it's unclear, and, and then the reverse makes it clear. So, for instance, if you want to be part of our ladies' Bible study, make sure you ask Susan before you leave today. Well, if you're brand new to the church, you may have no idea who Susan is. Yeah. And so now the only way to respond to that is to start asking ladies, who is Susan or are you Susan? Right. And, and that is a terrible call to action. Yeah. <laughs> so what we try and do is we make our call to action stop by the information center. Good. Do you now, if Good. the actual way to respond is speak to Susan, then Susan can stand at the information center. Right? right. But our call to action is stopped by the information center. And we make that our call to action for every announcement. So no matter what the actual call to action is, whether it's sign up online, we have iPads at our information center, whether it's speak to Susan, whether it's buy a ticket, it's all done at the information center. And so I would encourage uh, every church to find what is that one consistent thing we can say across the board and then have people respond in that one single call to action that allows them to do whatever steps are necessary. And the cool thing is we have people who will walk up to our information center when we haven't even talked about baby dedications and say, hey, I, I know this is the information center. How do I get my, my baby dedicated? Well, we have a button on our iPads at the information center where they can sign up for that. But it's just because that's consistently our call to action that people have started recognizing that as default. Right. Um, so two, uh, two things there. One, how do you make sure that your volunteers at the information desk are well-trained? Because it would be super frustrating for you to give me a clear call to action from the stage and me to go to the information center and they don't have a clue what's going on. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, they said from the stage that I was supposed to come to you to, to do this. Well, I don't know, uh, I don't know wh- who to talk to for that. That would be right. a disaster. Um, or, or just yeah. not cool. So how do you train your information desk people well? Well, we have um, somebody who oversees all of our guest services, and she used to be in the hospitality industry before she came on staff at church. So, I mean, that just by default, the way she thinks is relative to how do we not ever give an, uh, I don't know, kind of answer, right? right? And so one of the ways is we give them ahead of time our quarterly planning calendar so they know, hey, these are the five things that are going to be talked about during service today. And so in light of that, these are the five things you're most likely to get asked about. They have a pre-service meeting as a guest services team. And so they'll say, okay, we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. We're going to talk about Christmas Eve service. Uh, in announcements. If anybody asks, here's the information. We give people a, a print piece of paper. We answer any questions during that guest services meeting, just so they're really prepared ahead of time. Um, and then we also like will give them point form notes of everything that is that we know about that event. So we know the start time. We know the end time. We know is registration required? How much is registration? How do they register? All those things. So we've basically given our guest services team cheat sheets mm. that they know what's going to be announced, they know what's going to be talked about, and they have five bullet points about how to answer that. And then we also arm them with word-for-word statements. That is, you know, I'm not sure about those details, but if I could take your email, I could have somebody email you on Monday. And 
word for word, I, I don't know that that's exactly the word for word, but they do have a word for word statement that says something about, you know, you, you know, when you get backed into that corner and you don't have the information you need, <laughs> this is the default statement. We will have somebody email you Monday. May I take your email information? And so that person leaves without the information they needed, but knowing that they're going to be followed up on. Right. Um, yes. I, I've been uh, to a church where literally the information person was not very competent. I'm just going to be nice. So, it, it, it might not be the—it it would be the best idea to put your most competent people, people that can handle that or that are gifted in hospitality and things like that, at that information desk, especially if your key call to action from your stage, from your videos, from anything that you're pushing the entire church to, that is your one call to action. Make sure that you're prepared to receive those people well. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and, and kind of in that same vein is that we have a list of words that we use and a, a list of words that we don't use. So, for instance, we've just renovated our building and we have a new auditorium. So, it, our old auditorium we used to call the worship center. When we moved into the new auditorium, we made the switch to calling it an auditorium. What I don't want is for me to say, you know, hey, this event is happening in the auditorium on Wednesday night. You know, come to youth, 7 o'clock right here in our auditorium. And then when they go to the information center, they say, hey, was that 7 or 7.30? The person at the information center says, oh, no, it's 7 o'clock in our worship center. So now if I'm brand new and I know nothing about church, I could think, okay, a worship center must be something different than the auditorium. Where's the worship center? Right? So we have just consistent things, you know, we call it an auditorium instead of a sanctuary or a worship center. We call our people who uh, come to Life Church regularly, we call them our regulars. We don't call them our members or our attenders. We call them our regulars. And we will call somebody who's there for the first time a guest, not a visitor or not a first time attender. And we have reasons behind all these things. And not one is better than the other. I'm not making a recommendation for all churches, but my recommendation would be to, to have a clear set of, as a church, these are the words we use, and these are the words we don't use. When I want to use a don't use word, instead I use this list of words. Good. And so just when you're sitting in the seat the first time, you hear me say something from the stage, you hear something in a video announcement, you hear our pastor say something, and then you go to the information center and they use the same terminology of the same words, you know, like for instance, all of our events, we sign up for our events. We don't register or RSVP for our events. We sign up for them. Uh, and, and again, like I said, not one is better than the other, but Must consistency be is best. Yeah. So no matter what we're set, we're talking about it, signing up. Excellent. All right. A couple more questions before we wrap today. And that is how do I reinforce my announcements in different ways? I've announced it from the stage. How do I come around and reinforce that? Yeah, so uh, there's so many channels. You know, we've we've grown from a small, what I would consider a small church, to a larger church in the last few years. And some of that is helping people's mindset grow with us, right? So I've had to have lots of conversations that look like, no, we're not announcing that event during our service, but here are all kinds of other ways we can talk about that. And so using social media, our email newsletter, um, 
um, putting it in our handout that, you know, our bulletin, all those types of things are all great alternatives that don't necessarily require a stage announcement. And at the same time, the things we announce from stage are valuable enough that we don't want them to just die on Sunday afternoon when you've gone through the buffet and gone through your Sunday nap and now you've forgotten what we talked about, right? So what we do is if somebody signs up for an event, then we'll send them a follow-up email on Monday. Hey, thanks so much for signing up. Here are the details. If you have any questions, let us know. By the way, if you know somebody else who might be interested, forward them this link. Or we'll use our Sunday announcements. If it's video announcements, we might chop those up and put each of those announcements on Facebook a different day of the week. Or if they're short enough, could they go on Instagram stories or could we use InShot to slice them up and put them on Instagram stories? Or could we put the video on Twitter? Could we put the whole video one day and then slice up the announcements each different day? Uh, if they're stage announcements, sometimes we'll take that video from service and do the same thing with it. So it's me on stage doing stage announcements, but we're using the video in all those same ways. Or when I do stage announcements, we have a graphic that goes on the screen behind me. So now I provide that, that graphic to our social media team, and they're using that graphic to talk about the announcements through the week. So it's really not just about letting it die at announcements. And because we're not announcing the what, we're announcing the why. Again, using those on all of our social media channels lets people, reminds people who we are as a church, what we're trying to accomplish and what we value. And there's a connection there to being a part of this bigger thing and, and valuing the same things and valuing the presence of God and valuing loving relationships, even if that person is not going to attend the event. So we're trying to find ways to use what we put in our announcements all through the week on social media or in our email newsletter or all those different ways. All right, last question for you. Uh, you have a church communication formula that you guys use at your church with your with your whole team. What is that? Yeah, so that formula is communicate, repeat, and repeat. So that's a three-step formula. And basically what that means for us or what I see church communication is saying something again without saying it again. Yeah. So we're not just taking the same thing and saying it over and over. How many different ways can we talk about um, that we have a conference coming up? So we could talk, we let people know on Sunday morning that we have a conference. And then we repeat it again on, by putting that video clip on Facebook on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we put a clip of one of the speakers who's going to be speaking at the conference. And then on Wednesday, we put a, a post of one of our posters from the conference so that people can see it. Yeah. And then on Thursday, we could create a Facebook event and invite people to the conference so that when the conference is approaching, they get a reminder. And on Friday, we could send out a text message to everybody in who is our regulars, and then they could use that link to go to the Facebook event in case they missed it Thursday. And then on Saturday, we could post another clip of another one of the speakers who's going to be speaking at the conference or an invite from our pastor on Saturday. So what we're doing is we're communicating something over and over and over and over again in different ways. So repeat yourself without repeating yourself yep. is kind of our strategy. Now, the challenge with this is we've got all kinds of things going on, right? So we can't usually drop everything we're 
talking about and talk about that conference all week long on social media. But maybe that's the week leading up to the conference. That's how we treat that. Excellent. Or maybe there's something specific that's coming up that all of a sudden came up on the calendar. Uh, you know, we had an opportunity to have a band come to our church. It was kind of short notice. They're going to be in the area anyway. We thought we could get a really great response from it. So within six days, that's all we talked about for six days. You know, so there are times that that comes up. But the challenge and I think the opportunity we always have in our church communication is to communicate what needs to be said and then find ways to repeat that and repeat that and repeat that in all different ways. Say the same thing, the what, but change the how every single time. Good. Well, man, great information. Thank you so much for enduring round two with me, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Carl. I can't wait for round three. I know, man. And well, before you go, tell us how we can get your book and how we can follow you. Yeah, well, you can download Snorkel Fork, uh, which is the ebook about announcements and how you frame them based on the why. You can go to snorkelfork.com and that'll take you to a landing page on my blog. Or if you'd like, you can go straight to my blog, adammclaughlin.net, and click the button for my ebooks and Snorkel Forks there on that page. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. Uh, how can we uh, can we follow you on social media? Hit us up with your with your handles real quick. Yeah, all of my handles are Adam underscore McLaughlin. So you can track me down on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or if you go to adammclaughlin.net, my blog, then uh, social media icons are there. You can click those and follow me. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how you've been able to inspire a response with your announcements, whether they're video or stage announcements. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And we're going to put all your contact information, links to the book, all that on the show notes page for this episode. So it'll all be right there uh, for listeners to, to grab. Man, thank you so much for, uh, for coming and spending some time with me again. Cool. Thanks for having me, Carl. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Hey guys, Carl and Trevor here, and we want to share with you a little bit about our sermon kits that we call Series in a Box. These boxes are packed with everything that you need for a successful sermon or event series at your church. We've loaded up each box with graphic design elements like Photoshop files, social media squares and banners. We've provided video content with weekly sermon bumpers, trailers, countdowns, and motions. That's right. And we've also written entire series curriculum for you as teaching booklets that you can use or adapt for your series. Each booklet contains sermon overviews, outlines, small group discussion questions, even social media post ideas. You can pick up each box on our online store or you can sign up for our Go Unlimited subscription plan. And with this plan, you can download as many mini-movies, service packs, series in a box, or song videos as you want. And we're filling up the store each month with fresh content. So check out our Series in a Box sermon kits and our Go Unlimited subscription plan today at 1230.media. To load up on tons of free content, including links and other content that Adam mentioned, you can visit the show notes page for this episode at thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 127 
is in episode number 127. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week on the show, Kyle Cutter from LifeChurch.tv will be stopping by. Kyle helped found the Church to Church team, one of LifeChurch.tv's digital missions. They give tons of free content away to churches. It's awesome. You'll learn how to pick up some great free content and some free apps also. Be here next week for that. I want to thank the legend, David Michael Hyde. DavidMichaelHyde.com is his website. You can find him there slicing up some music for film and digital media. Thank you for listening this week. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend at your church. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Please take a minute today to rate and review the show in iTunes. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. We'll catch you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast. 